dispersed by force and then by hope. One land, one people, one heart, one scope to honor the blood of our ancestors in our veins, out of whose dreams we all came, out of love and respect for our native land. We weave a new dream hand in hand. From the depths of our root, we lift up one cry. Mother Africa, you are our why. Welcome to Phoenix Fire. Here on Phoenix Fire, we talk about family and community, spirituality and faith, money and economy, the culture, and how these things affect the African diaspora and our connection with and or our disconnection from our native land. Each week we'll explore how all these things affect us and what we as a people can do to support the social and economic well-being of our people all over the globe. You're now listening to Phoenix Fire with your girl Renaissance. I'm so glad that you're here. Hi guys. Thank you for joining me here again on Phoenix Fire. It's your girl Renaissance. Today is Thursday, June the 4th. I'm so glad you decided to spend some time with me today. Um, we're going to talk about the kings of our people again today. We touched a bit on it last week, but I wanted to go right back into that. So much to cover in so little time. And that's what we'll be talking about today, as well as some great things in our family feature. So excited always for family feature, uh, but getting into our economy and the kings of our people. Let's dive right in. Okay, guys, we're going into the first segment of Phoenix Fire, and that is the diaspora today. Again, talking about the kings of our people. And basically, you know, what is our paradigm? We talk about the paradigm each week because we want to work on making sure that our paradigm and what we believe about ourselves is positive and filled with the the great attributes of our people. So... Um, our paradigm, we talked a little bit about it last week and I find myself coming back to this because personally, I believe it's very important for us as a people to surround the king. Okay. The man that is willing to stand up and stand for his house and stand for his people, that kind of man we should get behind that kind of man we should support. And I believe in the family unit. I mentioned a little bit last week about the patriarch of my family, my grandfather, Reverend Earl Foster Sr. He was an extraordinary individual, loved his family, and we were just proud of him, so proud of him and proud of, you know, the the standard he set for our family. So my grandfather was a great example of a proud, successful black man. Uh, who made a good name in the community for himself and for his family. But um want to just, just really look at that and say, you know, hey, we have to get behind the king because guys, for a long time, you know, they've really tried to tear down the man, the black man. And if they couldn't tear him down, they tried to hum- humiliate him, you know, um, make him weak, 
um, and bring him down to a level where it was not necessary. He was just not a strong leader. Um, personally, I've, I've felt in, in the study that I've done of our history and, and looking at the situation in terms of um, how the black man has been mentally and emotionally attacked and the psychological warfare that has been inflicted upon him. Personally, I just feel like, you know, if we can tear down the black man, if we can uh, get his mindset off, if we can make him weak, then, you know, I feel like they feel like they can take the whole community. You know, the strength of our people is the strong black man who's standing up for himself, standing up for his community, standing up for his wife and children. That is the epitome of what we're meant to be. A strong family unit is enormously important. A strong family unit is important. And the strength of the men in our community and in our families, that's super important. So what is the perception? So I want to direct you to an article on opportunityagenda.org. Again, that's opportunityagenda.org. They did a study of the black men and what their perception was about themselves and then what other people's perception was about that black man. And unfortunately, of course, they had negative perceptions about themselves based off of education, based off of, you know, what the uh, media focused on and and highlighted and, and, you know, you know, brought to the forefront in terms of uh, people's perspective, uh, perceptions, excuse me, about black men. So black men had a negative perception about themselves. And then their white counterparts also felt like the black man, um, you know, uh, took on the mindset of society and lived out the degradation and lived out those things that said he was less than somebody else. And so the article was really interesting. I, I really got out of it that the black man in America and around the world is conflicted negatively because of uh, the economic disparities that we as a people have had to deal with here in America and in, in Africa with the colonialism and around the world. So it just seemed like he was just uh, the, the studies of the men. These men were these black men were just conflicted about who they are and their and whether or not they could accomplish those things that they wanted to accomplish. That's why I told you, just like in the last episode of Phoenix Fire, how proud I am when I see our brothers excel, how proud I was of my grandfather, how proud I am of the black men in my family who didn't make any excuses, did not make any excuses. Let me say it one more time. Did not make any excuses, didn't make the mindset of society their excuse. Because at the end of the day, someone else's perception about you is none of your business. If society says this is who a black man is, you don't have to wear that. You don't have to internalize that. And that's why I've come back to this um, topic, especially concerning our black men. Because one thing, because one thing that is so important for our black men to really understand is this. 
You are responsible for your narrative. You are responsible for the the self-image, self-picture you give yourself. Don't leave it to somebody else to, to, to excuse me. Don't leave it to someone one else to do. You do it yourself. You decide who you are. You decide where you're going and you stay on that track, regardless of what other people say about you, regardless of what society says about you. You are responsible for your internal vision. You are responsible for your own self-esteem. That's why it's called self, the operative word, self-esteem. You decide who you are. And no matter what has happened before now, you can decide right now that I am a king. You can decide right now that I'm going to take from the greatness of my forefathers. I'm going to take from the greatness of those great societies that my people built. I'm going to take from the great accomplishments of my ancestors. And I am going to be the embodiment of the greatness of who I know I'm meant to be. And you can change that with one choice, one decision decision simply by changing your mind and not allowing your mind to be bombarded with uh, the negativity of what other people say or think about you. So keep that in mind. I just want to drive that home and we'll probably revisit this throughout some episodes, but I just, it felt, I felt like I needed to come back to this today. So the next part of the diaspora today, we're going to talk about where are we going Okay, where are we going? And in this segment or in this part of the diaspora today, I want to focus on the definition of the word king. What is a king? Why do I call my brothers kings? Okay, the word king means one preeminent in class. And this is the favorite part of the definition. I really like this part. The word king means the most important member of a royal family. Okay, we as a people came from royalty. We are a royal nation, a holy priesthood. That's just my perception. That's what I believe. I'm not going to throw that on anyone else. Understand, I love everybody, but my people, me, my people, we are our own responsibility. Just like every other group, you are your own responsibility. We are one human family. But each group has its own uh, culture. Each group has its own um, issues to deal with. And if my group that I'm in, if we're having problems and issues that are tearing us down, then it is our responsibility as a group to work together to make those things right and make things better for not only ourselves, for our children and for the generations to come. To leave a legacy of greatness and not victimization. That's our responsibility. Because if that's the narrative now, if that's what's happening now, we as a people, as a group, we have a responsibility to change it along with the help or the support of anyone else from any other group that wants to be a part. We welcome that support. But at the end of the day, if you walk away and you don't support us, it is our responsibility to still make it happen with or without the support of anyone else and still love everybody. My personal opinion is we as a human race, we are one big family. Okay. 
and we have other parts of our family that deal with certain things in different groups, but we are one big family. And in this particular part of the family, I have a responsibility because it was the part of the family that I was born into. So you are a king. You're the most important member of a royal family. That's what a king is. Our men are our cornerstone. They are our rock. They are those who want to stand up for it and stand up to it. Some of some of our brothers, unfortunately, have been negatively affected and they run away from the challenge or they, they turn over the challenge to somebody else because they don't feel any personal responsibility. But we as a as the women of our people, as the people, you know, us as a group, as a people, we have to learn to undergird those men who want to do and be the greatness that is inside of them. I, I, I tell people all the time, you don't have to be perfect, but you do want to make a perfect effort. You want to at least try to be the absolute best that you can be. Will you ever reach perfection? I don't know. Will you ever reach perfection? I'm not one of those people who thinks, oh, there's no such thing as perfect. Well, there's perfect for you. Okay, there it might be perfect for you. So what's perfect for me? I'm going to continue to strive for and I believe I'm going to reach it. What's perfect for me? I won't impose that on you, but what's perfect for me? I'm going to strive for and reach for and believe for. So, um. King, I'm talking to all my kings out there. You are responsible for your narrative. You are responsible for your self-esteem. You are responsible for creating the vision inside of yourself that says, this is who I am. This is where I'm going. You have to drown out what society says. You have to drown out what those uh, messed up history books said that did not teach us, teach you your full history about who you really are. And you have to create and Uh, create a vision for yourself. You have to tap into your greatness. It is your responsibility. Okay. So be the king that you are. The most important part of the royal family. We need you to stand up. We need you to be strong. We need you to be the greatness that's already in your blood. And we need you to believe in that. First of all, believe in who you are. We are expecting great things from you. To our kings, we love you. Welcome to the next segment of Phoenix Fire. We're talking now about our economy, our social and economic state, where we are, and what we can do. But, you know, the the topic for today, of course, is the kings of our people. In this uh, segment, we're going to feature some amazing men, some amazing kings. Um, Unfortunately, I do want to uh, reiterate what we've all been talking about this week, and that is about George Floyd. Um, I do consider George a king. You know, he lived his life as he lived it. Um, he seemed to be a really good-hearted person, beautiful child um, that he unfortunately left here for us to look out for. And his life has opened up Pandora's box, if you will. <laughs> it has really 
touch the heart and soul of millions around the world to the point of action, which I am so grateful for. So in, in that, I have to say I am grateful for George Floyd and his life and now what his life means to history. I am so thankful and so grateful. And so for that, George Floyd, we do consider him a king. The next person I want to briefly talk about with you is Mr. Eric Adams. He is the president uh, of the Brooklyn Borough. And I wanted to bring up Mr. Adams. Uh, he is what I consider a king because a king looks inside of himself and finds that greatness in himself and finds that vision and walks towards it and moves towards it in spite of the circumstances, in spite of uh, what society says or the narrative of society and makes a difference in the world. That is what a king is. And so Mr. Eric Leroy Adams, he is the borough president of Brooklyn, New York City. Adams served as an officer in the New York City Transit Police and then the New York City Police Department for 22 years. In 1994, he was defeated in the Democratic primary for a New York congressional seat. From 2006 to 2013, he was a Democratic state senator in the New York Senate, representing the 20th Senate District in Brooklyn. In November 2013, Adams was elected Brooklyn Borough President. Congratulations. The first African American to hold the position. In November 2017, he was re-elected. So he did something that was a first. He's a barrier breaker. And so for that, Mr. Eric Adams, we call you king and we consider you king. And we are grateful for your life and the difference that you're making in the world. Moving on to other kings that I really want to talk about today. And that is a group of men who are some of the wealthiest in the entire world. And we're not going to stay on it too long. I want to throw them out to you. I want you to, to think about the fact that society has been coming against um, the people of our race for so many years, so many decades, so many hundreds of years. And regardless of that, regardless of what society said, regardless of all of those things, these men internalized their vision for themselves. They internalized that vision and said, regardless, this is who I am. This is where I'm going. And so for that, we call these men kings. And you know, money answers all things. So they kind of cover everything because these are some of the wealthiest black men on the planet, different industries, different things they did, but they created their own vision and they made it happen. No excuses. So we're looking at Mr. The first one I wanted to talk about, uh, of course, is um, the wealthiest. He's considered the wealthiest black man in the world. He is Nigerian. Thank God for my Nigerian friends. I have some amazing Nigerian associates in my life. I am blessed. They have been a blessing to me. Um, his name is Aliko Dangote. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mr. Aliko, excuse me, Aliko Dangote 
is estimated to have more than $8.4 billion. Uh, he is one of Africa's largest or maybe the largest cement producer. He owns 85% of that company. He also invests in and uh, has businesses in the salt industry, the sugar industry, and the oil industry. So salute to you, Mr. Dangote. Uh, we acknowledge you and the great work that you are doing. The next uh, people, the next three people that I'm going to, I'm sorry, next four, check that out because we bad like that. So the next four people that I'm going to acknowledge are uh, actually billionaires right here in the U.S. Billionaires, plural. Hello, ladies. There are black men who are billionaires right here in the U.S. Making it happen. No excuses. The first one is Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One billion. He's worth one billion dollars. And his um, wealth came from music and investments and companies. Uh, Michael Jordan, $1.9 billion. Uh, his shoe line is one of the reasons um, that he is where he is. A great asset in his life. Sports and the shoe industry. Okay, and sports endorsements, of course. Mr. David Stewart, he is worth $3.5 billion. Mr. David Stewart made his wealth in the um, tech industry, in the tech uh, division, tech services, informational tech services. Robert F. Smith, this gentleman is worth $5 billion. And he is involved in private equity. Vista is the private equity company that he's involved in. Uh, and they manage over $46 billion in assets and uh, are getting a 22% return annually on uh, those assets. I am um, just amazed and so grateful to know that right here, right now, our black men are changing the world and they are being strong and they are making a difference and they are making a way for themselves, for them, their families. And they're continuing to inspire us that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. We're going to take action today and we're going to see a better tomorrow. Just like these kings have done, we salute you the kings of our people. And we're going to have to continue this on, guys. We're going to have to maybe have a little salute to a king each week because there are so many black men who are breaking barriers, who are making no excuses, who have enormous amounts of wealth, who are contributing and giving back into their communities. And so um, so proud of them. Uh, we call you king. And um, we are honored for the inspiration that you continue to give us. Take action today for a better tomorrow, just like these kings have done. Okay, guys, it is time for family feature. Oh, I love this segment. So first thing we're going to do is get into some information about an artist that I love so much. She's so talented. She gets right back to the grassroots of some real music. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, 
It's just hey, it's good lyrics. It's it's live live uh, live musicians. It is just raw good music. I love her. Everybody wants to have a feature with her. She's just a bad sister. And I'm talking about Miss Ella May. Yay! We love Ella May here at Phoenix Fire. I love this artist. She's amazing. She's raw. She's right to it. I love her lyrics. So let's just talk a little bit about Ella and give you some information about her. So, Miss Ella May is an English singer and songwriter. Her singing career began at the British and Irish Modern Music Institute in London in 2014, during which time she auditioned as part of a trio on the 11th season of The X Factor. In 2015, she uploaded a four-track solo EP of originals to SoundCloud titled Trouble and was discovered on social media and the rest is history. Ella May is amazing. I love, love, love her music. Um, from 2016 to 2018, she released three EPs on the label uh, that found her, including Time, Change, and Ready. Her self-titled debut studio album was released in October 2018 and featured the singles Booed Up, oh, that was a summertime hit, and Trip, which were released on the 20th of February 2018 and the 3rd of August 2018, respectively, it says. So, Love LMA, I'm going to share with you three songs I really, really adore from her. The first song is Naked. Can you love me naked? And so metaphorically speaking, I'm sure literally as well, of course. <laughs> but um, it's just about, can you love me with my heart completely exposed to you? With all, all the greatness about me and even my flaws, can you love me naked? I love that song. The next song is called Sauce. And it's just, it's self-explanatory. Sauce. I say it like that. Sauce. But Ella Mae's song, Sauce. I love it. It's, a, it's one of my favorites. And finally, the third song I want to share with you uh, by Ella Mae is called Everything. It features John Legend. And um, it's just a song that talks about, it says, uh, you notice everything. So I'll give you everything. I just love that because... The song really gets, it's a great love song. It just gets into, you know, you notice things about me that everybody else misses because you're focused and you're paying attention. And because of that, because you take time to love me, to know me, I'm going to give you everything. I love these three songs. I love the artist Ella May. Ella May is a favorite here on Phoenix Fire. Your girl Renaissance loves your girl. Call me. So anyway, <laughs> um... That is the artist I want to talk to you guys about uh, on Family Feature today. Reminding you again, Family Feature talks about people of our race that are doing great things for the culture and uh, organizations that are doing the same and, and, and just making an impact. The next person that I want to talk to you about is Mr. Sean King. And Sean is an amazing activist for our community. And um, Sean, you know, has done some amazing things. I always wonder on just being straight. I always wonder, you know, how can these guys 
listen to all this negativity, deal with it day, day, day in, day out, you know, even to our, the reporters and see these things happening with our people over and over again. And yet they stay in the fight, you know, they stay mentally strong and they continue to bring us the facts and they continue to give us ways to um, make things better for our people, even though, you know, listening to and hearing these things um, over and over has to be tough on them. So, Sean is one of those amazing people who has done a great job in just, you know, being an activist for our people. Sean uh, is an American writer, civil rights activist, and co-founder of Real Justice Pack. King uses social media to promote social justice uh, causes, including the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, a little bit more about King. He was raised in Kentucky and attended Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and he was you know an activist there uh he's currently a writer in residence at harvard law school's fair punishment project and contributes to the intercept and other uh you know uh, publications around the country so thank you sean for the work that you do we're so proud of you connect with sean on ig at at sean king that's at S-H-A-U-N-K-I-N-G. He's a king. And also connect with Sean um, at Grassroots Law. So that's at G-R-A-S-S-R-O-O-T-S-L-A-W. Connect with them there. They are doing a mighty work there at Grassroots Law. And they're also doing, um, excuse me, they also have a website that's Grassroots Law. That's with an S on roots. Grassrootslaw.org. So, um, They are the ones who gave out the phone number for us to be able to call for George Floyd and uh, continue to call the DA there in Minneapolis. And they are so organized. That's what I can really say about grassroots law and the work that Sean King is doing there and the group of men that are working uh, as a part of this organization. They are so, so organized. So we're proud of the work that they're, they're doing. Proud of you, Sean King, for standing there and being an activist for our people. And connect with Sean at Sean King. Connect with Grassroots Law. That's an S on Roots at Grassroots Law. They give us actions to do. So that's our action for today. Remember, each episode, we want to do something that we can take action. Please follow at Grassroots Law today. They'll keep you up to date with what they're doing to make a difference in the community. Things that you can do if you're not protesting in the streets, you can make phone calls. If you're not making phone calls, you can you can send text, anything that can build the momentum. And we thank them for the work that they're doing there. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Grassroots Law, and thank you, Ella, for some amazing music. We need all of it. Okay, guys, that was our episode of Phoenix Fire, the kings of our people. We talked about and making sure that you have a positive self-esteem. Our kings to our kings, make sure that you have a positive self-esteem in spite of society and what they say. Understand that you are um, and the most important part of our royal family. Um, always have a clear vision about where you're going and, and stay positive. Hold your head up, guys. We got you. We're right behind you. Also, we talked about uh, people who are making a difference in the community, some of the wealthiest black men, black kings of our family and what they're doing 
um, the wealthiest one being from Nigeria, Mr. Dango Dangote. We're so proud of all of you. Uh, we also talked about Mr. Eric Adams and the impact that George Floyd's life has made around the world. And then we got over into our family feature. We also had another king there. His name was Sean King. Uh, connect with grass, Grassroots Law at Grassroots Law. Sean, we're so proud of you and the work you're doing. And also, much love. Nothing but love to LMA. So proud of the work that she is doing in the music industry and the difference that she's making with that amazing sound of hers. And so that was it for today, guys. Listen, please connect with me. Follow me on IG at at Ren A. Zons. That's three syllables, two underscores. That's at R-E-N underscore A-I underscore S-S-A-N-C-E. And please follow me on Spotify at Phoenix Fire. And you can also connect with me and, and message me at anchor.fm forward slash P-H-I-R-E. That's Phoenix and Fire put together. And also, I did a give back today. If you saw the $50 free gift card offer on any platform, go back to that platform and like, follow, friend, share, whatever you do on that platform and comment. Okay? Like, follow, friend, share, and comment. Phoenix Fire. Okay? That's the comment. Phoenix Fire. Do that and uh, your name will be put into a drawing and you might win that $50, uh, $50 gift card. Hope you do. Good luck. Go back to that platform. Like, share, friend, follow, comment, Phoenix Fire. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. If no one has told you today, I love you. Stay well, stay safe, and know that you are great.